are listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. Well, good morning. Good to see you guys here at the Hastings campus. Those of you who are joining us online, welcome to you guys as well. Those of you who are here in person, you guys are the survivors of the Snowmageddon of 2022, and uh, welcome. Hey, uh, so we are in our final week of a series called uh, Restoring Relationships, and I got to tell you, out of a lot of series that we do here at TVC, this one has challenged me in a huge way. And uh, it's awesome. So if you missed the first two weeks, uh, you can go back to tvcweb.com, click on there, go to the messages, and check those out. Because this is a great resource and tool when it comes to restoring relationships. And the truth is, a while ago, Pastor Keith, if you don't know Pastor Keith, um, he's our senior pastor here at TVC. He said, Brian, do you want to you wanna talk in November? I said, yeah, of course I do. I've got things to say. <clears throat> and I said... I said, well, what am I talking about? He goes, restoring relationships. I'm like, crap. Nope, 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 nope. Why? Because I'm not, I'm not honestly the greatest at relationships. So it was a challenge for me, and I, I've really got a ton of stuff out of this series. So check it out if you've missed it. And the truth is, what we're talking about today when it comes to relationships are boundaries. Boundaries. Boundaries in a relationship can be hard, can be painful, can be hurtful. But what are boundaries? What do they look like? How do we use them in our relationships? And I'm sure if I, if I ask a show of hands of people who are watching online, show of hands of people who are here at the Tastings campus, who's had to create boundaries in relationships? I'm sure we all would raise our hand, including me. But I want to share a story. So this is a story about boundaries in a relationship, but the opposite. Someone creating a boundary against me right? Can you believe that, me? And here's the story, and I want to lay this out because I don't really get to say my side of this story a lot. So this is, this is kind of how I saw it. So my wife, Melissa, uh, she, so I met my wife when I was 11, and she was, I'm sorry, yeah, she was 11, I was 13. Met at church camp, parents not very happy. So what happened was, back then it was before email, it was before text message, and we wrote a bunch of letters to each other. So I have at home literally stacks of letters uh, from Melissa and ones I sent her. So anyway, so one day, there I am. There I am. I'm minding my own business. I open the mailbox. There's a letter from her. I'm like, sweet. She's breaking up with me. I'm like, you breaking up with me? Me? No. I'm breaking up with you. She hadn't heard that yet because I hadn't wrote the letter. But she's getting it. I'm like, you can break up with me? I play piano and sing. What are you freaking with me? No. But the truth is, I was kind of a jerk. I was kind of uh, selfish. So she did what she needed to do and broke up with me. So fast forward about three weeks. Uh, I see her. We're at camp again. We're in high school by this time. And uh, I said, hey, you want to work this out? She's like, sure. I said, great. You ask me out. Yeah. And she did. So fast forward, we're going to be married about 22 years this January and four kids and all that stuff. It's been great. So, you know, I always tell my kids, too, I said, if she had not asked me out, you wouldn't be here. So you're welcome. <clears throat> but the truth is God 
wants our relationships to be restored, hopefully. I think that's his desire. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's, it's painful. But here's what I've learned. This is what I've learned from myself. That when it comes to painful or hurtful relationships, what I need to do is enter the room grace first. What do I mean by that? Enter the room grace first. That means I need to enter the room not with my hurt, not with my pain, not with my sadness, my disappointment. You enter the room grace first, love first. Because when you do that, and this is what I believe, is when you enter the room grace first, you find a humility. You find a humility and an empathy. And once you find the humility, you find understanding. And once you find understanding, you find forgiveness. Once you find forgiveness, you find freedom with no regrets. And hopefully, at the end of all of that, the relationship can be restored. Enter the room, grace first. And this is what it says in 2 Corinthians 13, 11. I'm going to read it. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live it in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. And the key word there is strive. We want to strive to restore relationships. That doesn't mean that it's always going to happen. It's always going to work out. But that's what we hope for. That's what we pray for. And when we, when we need to build boundaries in our relationships, what, what does it look like? Are there some guidelines to it? And I just want to throw a couple guidelines out. Hopefully it's helpful. And the first one is be wise. When it comes to your relationships here on earth, be wise. And here's what I mean by that. And this is what it says in Matthew 16, 17. I'm going to read it again. It says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard. So what is this saying? It's saying, it's saying be wise like serpents, innocent as doves. So when you think of a dove, you think really it's innocent, it's harmless. But a snake is careful, is wise. So we need to approach our relationships innocently, but also watch out because there are people in our lives that say they want the best for us, but they don't. They say that they love us, but they don't. So snakes are smart, they're crafty, they're perceptive. A snake can, can blend into an environment, and as that aggressor goes by, they don't even see him. A snake can, can settle into an environment where uh, they can find shelter, they can protect themselves. So that's what that verse is saying, that we need to be as innocent as doves, but as shrewd as snakes. And sometimes we have to be the snake because those people in our lives that say they want the best for us, that say they love us, they don't want peace. They don't, they don't want restoration. They don't, they don't want to support you. And unfortunately, there are people in our, in our relationships that are like that. So here's another guideline, and I think this is an important one, even though it's hard and it can be painful, is know when to leave. Know when to leave. This is tough, and I've, I've had to walk through this before, and it's painful, and it can take some time. 
And here's what I, here's what I know about relationships is that, one, you have tremendous relationships that are, are ones that don't need boundaries. You have troubling relationships where you start to see something in them. You're like, you know, something's off, something's unhealthy, where you need to start building relationships. And then you have toxic relationships, those people who don't want to live at peace with you, that don't love you, that don't want your best. So know when to leave. And this is what it says in Matthew 10, 12 through 14. I want to read this. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. So I think the hope is that with all of our relationships, we we can find peace. We can find common ground. But the truth is, there are people in our lives that we cannot find peace or common ground with. No one to leave. No one to say goodbye. And the truth is, relationships change, right? So it can start out tremendous, but quickly go to troubling and quickly go to toxic. So we just have to be as shrewd as snakes when it comes to those relationships. You might say, well, what does a toxic relationship look like? What, what, what am I looking for? I don't want to give you some examples because maybe you have these people in your lives. I know I have in the past. So extreme jealousy. Those people who, who have insecurities, they have a lack of trust. Even though they say things, uh, they love you, they care about you. There's this jealousy in them. Controlling behavior, they control the, the rules of the relationship, they make the decisions in the relationship. Unrealistic expectations. Those people who, who say, hey, I need you to meet my needs, not, you, not me, yours. And they say things like, well, if you love me, you're going to do this. Isolation, they keep you away from friends and family. Hypersensitivity, they're, they're easily offended, easily insulted. Everything they take is personal. They blow everything out of proportion. Maybe you know people in your life that are like that. Verbally abuse. Verbal abuse. People that say harmful and painful things to you. The Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde person that has extreme mood swings that, you know, one minute they're, they're awesome and they're sweet, and the next minute they're not. Any of those people in your life. And the last one, violent. Those people who are causing you harm, using force, using restraint, they're hitting, they're pushing, they're shoving, they're holding you down, they're breaking things. Maybe you got those people in your life. I just want to stop for a second and just say this. If you are currently in a relationship where there is physical violence, you need to leave. You need to separate yourself, get some help, protect yourself. And the truth is, any of these things that I've listed, they can, they can cause hurt, they can cause disappointment, and they can call, cause PTSD, really. And the, the truth is, when, when we're hurting, and this, this is true for me, when we're hurting, when I'm hurting, you know what I want to do? My first response is to hurt them back. I want to hurt them back. I want to cause them pain. I want to see them suffer as I'm suffering and the truth is, I want to go full John Wick on these people. You guys know John Wick? We got a picture of John Wick? Yeah, there he is. John Wick's cool. Look at that guy. 
Nobody wants to mess with him. Nah, he hurt a bunch of people because they killed his dog. His dog. This is what I want to do. I want to get revenge. I want to, I want to hurt him. I want to go out. I want to see him bleed because I'm bleeding, because I'm hurting. I want to hurt you back. But then I look at scripture and I'm like, crap. It's not going to happen. And I want to read this because this is hard to read for me, especially when I'm in pain, especially when I'm hurting. And this is in Romans 12, 17 to 21. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Ugh. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Here it is. Do not take revenge. <sighs> okay, fine. My dear friends, but leave, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, and here it is. Here it is, all you Jesus lovers. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. You got to be kidding me. In, this, in doing this, and here is our revenge, and this is what it says in Romans, you will heap burning coals on their head. Yes. By being nice, by showing love, by showing grace. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As much as it pains me to, to read this, and I'm thinking, come on, if I'm hurting, I want revenge, because that's the way of the world, right? We need to take revenge. We see it all the time in movies, whatever it is. We, we, that's our right. But Scripture is saying, no, no, you don't take revenge. You don't repay evil with evil. You don't repay evil with evil. That's hard to hear, and you don't take revenge. For revenge is the Lord, it says in verse 19. Revenge is his. So here, here's what we need to do, people. And I'm speaking to myself, more to you, but look, let it go, let it go, let it go. You know the song. The truth is we need to let it go. We need to give it to God. When our hurt and our pain is there, we need to put it at the cross. And he's saying, don't worry about the revenge. I got that covered. Don't worry about that. What I want you to do is feed your enemy. I want you to give your enemy something to drink if they're thirsty. Can I just have a little bit of revenge? No. No. Scripture says, do not repay evil with evil. And the truth is, Jesus, in his humanity, in his time on earth, had a relationship in his own life that couldn't be restored. And many of you know this story about Judas. Judas was one of his disciples, one of his students, and, and he ended up betraying Jesus, and this is Jesus describing Judas in John 17. It says this, while I was with them, I protected them. I kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except one doomed to destruction. So that scripture would be fulfilled. So he's talking about Judas there. So when you read that, do you think, hey, Judas is, uh, is predestined to betray Jesus? Or did Judas have a choice? I believe Judas, Judas had a choice to make the right one or the wrong one. And the one that he made was to betray Jesus. And this is kind of his story in Matthew 26. And it says this, and I'll read it. Then one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot, 
went up to the chief priests, and the chief priests are the church leaders, and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? Judas is asking, what are you going to give me if I betray my rabbi? So they counted out 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for the opportunity to hand over Jesus. And then it goes on in Matthew 26, it says, while he was still speaking, Jesus, Judas, one of the 12, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and elders. The, the church leaders are sending the people with the swords and the clubs. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, arrest him. So going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. And he kissed him. And I read this story and I think, who in the world, especially your rabbi, especially your teacher, who is going to betray Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Savior of the world? Who's going to betray him for 30 pieces of silver and a kiss? Who would do that? And as I think about it and I ponder over it, the truth is me. The truth is I would do that. And I've done it for far less than 30 pieces of silver and a kiss on his cheek. Because I've tried to push my agenda and not his. I've tried to put my faith in other things than his. I've done my own thing. So for far less than 30 pieces of silver and a kiss, I am guilty of betraying Jesus. We are guilty of betraying Jesus. And I want that to sink in. Because it's easy to read that and start judging Judas, saying, gosh, that guy had issues. I got issues. I have issues. But by Jesus' grace and mercy, every time I betray him or I deny him like Peter did, there's an open door. There's an open door to say, you know what, I was wrong. And by his love and his grace and his mercy, I can come back home. Because the truth is, there's, I like to think about relationships like this. So we have, we have uh, friends. So those are the people that we do life with, the people that we love. They're in our inner circle. We have family, the people that we're kind of stuck with. We kind of love them. Maybe not. We have other people on our, our relationship scale that maybe like a coworker or something. We know them, but they're not like friends. And another one is Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus. Because I know, for me, my relationship with Jesus has gone like this. And I want you to hear something. Maybe you came in here today. Maybe you're watching online. And you're like, you know what, Brian? I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know him. So how could I betray him? And I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to boundaries, Jesus, Jesus will never create a boundary with you. Jesus is always available, always loving, full of grace. What we do is we build boundaries for him. And I've realized that in my own life, that I have built walls up, that I have built boundaries. You know what, Jesus, I'm going to give you this part of my life, but this one I'm going to keep secret. I'm not going to let you in here. But he knows. And I've had to come back and say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I've built this wall. I've tried to hide this from you. And I've had to tear it down. So Jesus will never, never build a boundary with you. But we are guilty of building boundaries with him. 
And maybe that's you today where you're like, you know what, maybe I feel like I've built a boundary when it comes to my relationship with Jesus. And we need to recognize it. We need to repent of it and come back home and say, you know what, I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. The other relationship that I want to end with, and this is something that's been really personal for me, and maybe it's not a part of your story, but I'm sure if I, I ask the show of hands, it might be. So the last relationship I want to talk about is the relationship with the church. When you say, well, what do you mean by the church? I'm not talking about God. I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the local church. I'm talking about people in the church, other Christians, other Christian leaders. I got called to ministry when I was 20 years old. I'll never forget it. I went into uh, an office. I said, hey, uh, my pastor's office. I said, look, hey, I want to go into ministry. He's like, great, here you go. And for two years, I was on that staff. And for two years, what happened was I saw church people hurt church people. I saw people say things and do things that they're not Christ-like. I saw people hurting I saw people do things where I was, I was questioning, God, is this the local church? Is this what you set up it to be? Because you've called me to this, and I don't want to be a part of it. And maybe that's part of your story, too. You have past church hurts. Here I am, called to the local church, called, called to serve, use my gifts. And I hated it. I hated it. So after two years, I resigned. I saw that it was toxic. I saw that it, it was unhealthy, and I resigned. I was in a deep depression because I'm like, God, I was so confused. You've called me to serve the local church, but yet the local church is broken, and I don't want to be a part of it. So I walked away. I said goodbye after two years. Three weeks later, after I resigned, I got a phone call from a really, really old, old man called Jeff Arnett. Jeff called me. He's like, hey, uh, we got an opening at TVC. You want to come apply? Because I still needed a job. I was like, okay. But knowing my brokenness inside, so I came and I interviewed. And in that interview and in the interaction with Jeff and seeing what TVC was doing and what they were all about, I, said, I heard God say, this is the place for you. This is the place for you where I want you to serve. And the truth is, over the last 20 years, almost 20 years, that relationship that I have with the local church has been completely restored. Because what happened was I began to see a church that was healthy. I began to see a church that invested in people, that loved people right where they're at. And this is the first place that it was okay to be even a church leader and not be okay. To be broken, to have to figure things out. And in that moment, when I had given up, when I had walked away, if I would have said, no thanks, I don't need a job, I don't, I don't want to serve the church, I would have missed out on 20 years of seeing people make life change, seeing the Holy Spirit work in people, 20 years of seeing thousands of people stand right here in water and get baptized and change their life forever and say, I'm all in. I would have missed that. I would have missed the opportunity for my relationship with the local church to be restored. So my question to you is, what relationship do you have that needs to be restored? And maybe that's part of your story. Maybe you went to church as a kid and you have some church hurts. You need to get that restored. 
maybe a relationship with Jesus where you've built some boundaries, you've built some walls, say this is the, that the most important relationship we could ever have is with Jesus, and that's the one that we need to work on. And maybe you have people in your life that are toxic, that are troubling, where you might need to build some boundaries, you might need to walk away. What is that relationship? If you think there's a relationship in your life right now that is troubling, that you think there's even a, a glimpse of hope for restoration, I urge you to do it, to step up, to, to make the first step. If you're waiting for the other person to make the step, it's never going to happen. You need to do it. You need to do it. So my challenge for you this week and for myself is to recognize the one relationship, maybe there's more, where you need to, to find that peace, that restoration, and do something about it. Not all relationships can be restored, but if there's a chance, we need to strive for that. We need to strive for that. And here at TVC, we're all about next steps. And maybe that's your next step where you are trying to restore a relationship. Maybe your next step is about baptism. Maybe your next step is saying, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I want one. I want one. And let his love and his grace fill you up. And you come back home. Maybe that's you today. Maybe that's you watching online. But what is your next step going to be? The band's going to play a little bit, and we're going to sing another song. But before we do that, there's going to be some next steps on the screen. Think about what can I do as my next step to restore a relationship? What can I do as my next step in my relationship with Jesus? Whatever that is, I want you to think about it, pray about it. So, God, we love you. We know we're not perfect. We know we don't have it all together, but, God, you still love us. You still show us grace and mercy, God. So now we pray over the relationships that have an opportunity to be restored. May we take that step towards restoration. Write in a letter, making a phone call, texting, whatever it's going to take, God, to restore that relationship, at least start it. And God, I pray for the people that have that hurt and have that pain in their life from people. God, I pray that that pain and that hurt and that disappointment, that sadness can be left at the cross this morning so that we don't feel like we need to take revenge. We don't feel like we need to repay evil for evil. We set it at the cross this morning, God. We love you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, let's say it together. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tbcweb.com.